Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are so excited to bring you Lisa Yadao of Caper Tongue Productions. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we are too. We have so much to talk about. You are here to promote your GoFundMe campaign uh, for Roots and Wings, which we're we're definitely going to get into. But first, I want to start with how we first met you. Uh, It was a 2018 CAM event, which is the Center for Asian American Media at Spark, this this like uh, food truck central area in San Francisco. And I remember that event like it was yesterday. It's like in in the quarantine. These are one of the events that I miss most because Mm -hmm. we just walked in. I think I arrived first out of our team and I I just gravitated towards you guys. And I met Yana and and we were talking about this project and her book. And here we are now with your campaign, having the first episode shot. So, um, so tell us about Roots and Wings. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so weird. It does feel like yesterday we were just talking and we were, I think we were in pre-pro at that point. We were preparing to, to shoot and we were like, yeah, we really want to promote this. And, and, you know, a few years later, here we are. And it's such a weird um, thing to be talking about food and community during a pandemic, but here we are. And, and um, yeah, so Roots and Wings, this sort of came about because we're big, we're big foodies. I know my, my sister, my co-producer, one of my co-producers, she hates the word foodies, but we, we love food. We love food shows. Um, big, huge Anthony Bourdain fans. I think we're still grieving. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked yes. my boyfriend if we could watch Roadrunner. He's like, hell no, because it's just too emotional. Oh, oh uh, we can luck. talk about that yeah. in we a minute. It. Yeah. We watched yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, but 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 the, the problem was, and, and also we love like Chef's Table. We love the all those kind of that's, that uh, range of shows where it's like super gritty and like really, uh, you know, road less taken. And then the super like... Um, beauty shots and and like really glamorous and and um I guess high-end sort of shows um, but we weren't seeing our stories you know I mean Anthony Bourdain went to the Philippines and we saw we saw ourselves in that but we weren't seeing like women telling our stories you know mm-hmm. and there was there just wasn't enough of that now we have we see Padma Lakshmi and, and other people coming out with with their those shows and those are great but um there's not enough of them you know mm-hmm. so so um we became friends with Yana because she was doing her 50 States tour. She went to Maine first. And then my twin sister, she was like, you have to go to her food pop-up. She's coming to San Francisco. Um, and then I went, I don't know if I went to Oak to her, one of her pop-ups in Oakland or it was in Soma, maybe it was both, but we became instant friends. And I was like, this, this kind of makes sense to do something together because we're, we keep talking about how we don't see representation and you're in the food scene, like you're right there, you're, you're, you're making a difference, you're traveling and you're, you're reaching out to, you're, you're connecting people. It was a 50 states pop-up tour and it was specifically um, Kamayan pop-ups, which are, you know, it's a Filipino way of eating with your hands and it's very communal. Um, you eat on uh, banana leaves, everything's laid out on banana leaves and, 
and you're talking to strangers, you're getting to know people. So it's, it was her way of, um, of spreading Filipino food, but also connecting people who probably wouldn't talk to each other, you know? So uh, for us, we really wanted to highlight that um, and with Roots and Wings. And then also surprisingly, the other people that we gravitated towards with the other episodes also were doing pop-ups pre-pandemic, you know? And the, it, I guess for us, it was like, they, we noticed that there was a need for them to, to do this, you know? It wasn't their day jobs, but they, they felt a need to, to really amplify um, the, the cuisine of their, of their heritage, their, their um, cultures, and to really connect people. So um, yeah, that's, sorry, that was long-winded, but that's, that's the um, premise of Roots and Wings. So we um, did Yana's episode a few years ago, and then we're doing two more episodes, one with the Iranian American, um, I don't want to call her a chef, like she's a, like a food, food goddess uh, you know, <laughs> and uh and then also a, a korean american uh she's a, a producer and uh food uh, food right she's she's done her own she's got her own um food shows and she's done pop-ups as well so yeah we really want to amplify their their stories and and we want to keep doing more of these so yeah yeah i i actually want to know where the title came from for the docuseries because it it there's a lot of meaning I feel behind it. For sure, yeah. I think for, for so Roots and Wings is obviously like the roots of where you come from and then the wings, you know, um, it sounds cheesy, but it's like, you know, just taking off and, and branching out. But for, for people who grew up with uh, immigrant parents, there's a lot of meaning to that. And like, for me, I see my mom now as an adult and, and she sort of struggles to kind of find her, footing, even as someone who's in her, um, how old is she? She's in her sixties, but, uh, you know, struggling to, to sort of like live in the States, but also maintain, um, her roots. And I, 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 there's a little bit of that in me also. Like I, I grew up a little bit in the Philippines, but I wasn't born there. It's, you know, but there's this need to just really, um, center yourself. Where is that? You know, especially if you're in the diaspora like where 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 are, where are your roots and is that anywhere you are um and then what do you do with that so where do you take off with with those wings what do you do with that with with your identity and and your heritage yeah and what i think is beautiful about that is not only are you highlighting these stories of um you know these these trailblazing chefs or go- food goddesses as, as you, <laughs> you call them um, but also behind the camera your crew of 100% women, my uh, majority BIPOC, yep. you, you are all, you know, trying to establish your roots and together finding your wings. So can you Absolutely. talk about that process, how it's, how it's sort of a, a connected in front of the camera and behind? For sure. Yeah. Um, so I have been producing for uh, a few years and uh, I was for a while, I was working in corporate video and um, everyone I saw behind the camera, I mean, many people know that the predominantly white men pale and male lisa pale and male (laughs) just like just like podcasting yes yeah and don't get me wrong i love like i love the family that you leave behind that 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 you kind of sort of are attached to when you when you have when you grew up you sort of build a family and so like i the guys that i've worked with i'm still friends with them I, i consider them family and they're great but i still 
the the thing with that too is then if you end up working with a bunch of white dudes you you kind of like I mean maybe it's for me I don't know I don't know but for me personally I just kind of didn't want to get lost I didn't want to lose my voice and and um prioritize other people's perspectives over mine so there's a sense of like okay I really need to to I really need to make a change because no one's going to do it for you you know um and especially people with with money they're not they're just going to hire you know their friends and, and whatever so for me, it was like, I, I, it was important to align ourselves with like-minded people and people of color because we, we need to tell our own stories, you know? Um, so yeah, so then we, we would, rec- we would recruit, we would make sure that when we crewed up, it was, you know, yeah, 99%, 100% women um, and women of color because we all, we all wanted to make sure we were telling each other stories. We were, we all wanted to be held accountable for how we tell those stories and who's telling those stories. So, so yeah. Um, and I think too, if we, if we show people the ways that you can grow up, that's not uh, the norm, then mm-hmm. there's a trend. I mean, Ava DuVernay is doing this, for example, you know, she's a perfect example of like leading mm-hmm. by change. Um, so yeah, I mean, even um, uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. other perfect mm-hmm. example, leading mm-hmm. by change, like, all BIPOC it was uh, like majority black storytellers Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. I believe there was like uh, was there um a Filipino there's there were some Filipino crew members in there too but I think it was predominantly black and it was like oh there you all are you know no one's hiring you but there you all are you know (laughs) they do exist yes they (laughs) They just need access yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and so I think too like if I can show that to my two-year-old daughter, by the time she gets to however old she wants to start telling stories or play music or, you know, be an engineer, whatever, we don't have to get to the point where we're like amplifying women's, um, you know, women's careers. It's just careers, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it just is. Um, we still have a long way to go, but... Yeah, I, that just made me think. I really want to get rid of the term "the future is female" because I'm like, w- when is that future? I know, <laughs> isn't it yeah. here already? Anyways, sorry. And when you've been it. saying that for ten years, yeah. it's like, well, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know. Over it. Totally <laughs> yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, Lisa. Okay, so we met you in 2018, and you were pre-production. Yeah. And then, how much further were you able to get before the pandemic? And <laughs> Have you started filming in the pandemic and how's that going for you? That's, those are great questions. <laughs> um, so we shot in 2018, I think it was September. Yeah, it was like September, August, September. And then a funny thing happens as your day job sort of gets in the way. Uh, yeah, I'm mm. yeah. <laughs> preach, preach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we all got busy with our day jobs and then eventually we got it edited. Um, I want to say it was like 2019. Yeah, it was 2019. Um, yeah, then we started submitting it to film festivals and then the pandemic hit. And so Mm. everything went virtual. Um, and then how did we pivot? We pivoted in different ways. We started, um, we, we put a pause on the, on Roots and Wings because no one was doing pop-ups and we were Mm -hmm. all like fucking scared, you know? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't important at that point. I mean, it, it, it's important because we like now it's important because we want to show people that um community is still there 
you know, and that story still need to be told. But back then it was like, you just got to survive. You just make sure you don't get sick, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but how we pivoted was we ended up doing some pandemic shorts and we asked people, BIPOC women, to film themselves and tell us how the pandemic was going for them, how quarantine was going for them. And we, we came out with some really amazing stories. So when you are restricted in, how, in your storytelling, you end up, you can still tell like really beautiful stories. So we have on our website, we have um, like three, three videos called pandemic shorts or a series of videos called pandemic shorts. And we're still editing more, but again, it's like our day jobs wow. keep getting in the way. Yeah, I'm telling you, we need to get rid of those day jobs. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, you know, speaking of day jobs, I I I I was part of that like the great resignation, whatever the heck they're calling it, um, from last year. And I started mm. corporate and I, I've been trying to get my footing in freelance. And I gotta say, I, I was really stuck on this idea of like you have to be that's your, your day job has to be a filmmaker, like in order to be legit. That's not true. You can still have a day job and like make a difference. And in fact, sometimes a day job can help you because you have, you can survive and you don't have to worry about making a living and you can tell stories that way. You can make a difference that way. So this whole thing about like, I don't know if anyone says like you can live your dreams and like be, you know, be a writer or be whatever. You can also be a normal person and then tell stories other way. Like anyway, that's just something I just realized very recently, but yeah. Day jobs are very important. That is a good point. I think it's just the 40 hour work week that we need to eliminate. I mean, we can do three days a week. And and another good point is if you only hang out with independent filmmakers, you need to meet people with money (laughs) to fund your shit. If you're still, if you're still, (laughs) if you're still in the corporate world, you know, you can, you can have your little side hustle, you know, while you're working also. So make it work for you. So anyway, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to Filipino food really quickly because I'm so excited to watch this episode. Um, Two things really strike me about um, Yana's episode. Um, I watched a little uh, blurb that you have online, a little five minute clip of it. And she says something about along the lines of Filipino food is good. It doesn't need to be elevated. It just needs to be celebrated. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I find is so interesting in the Bay. It's really hard for me to find good Filipino food. Like that's not trying to do too much. I don't want to go get a burrito of Filipino food. My grandmother passed. (laughs) I want to go to a restaurant and have food that tastes like my grandmother's. And um, really the closest that that I've gone to it was Lucky Chances, the casino (laughs) in Ceremony, (laughs) which is also, it's it's so Filipino. But that's, I mean, I've gotten the best, you know, Longanisa there, whatever. But oh my gosh. so, so one, I want to know what is your favorite food uh, in the Bay? Cause you're, you're based in the Bay. Yes. I, I was, I recently moved to San Diego and I got to say, I miss the Bay so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay. I, grew, I grew up in San Diego. So, um, uh, but yeah, um, the area food, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I wanted to know what your favorite um, Filipino food is in the Bay. And then I have a follow-up question after that. Yeah. I got to say, you know, Irma's, uh, in, Irma's, yeah, in San Francisco, they closed down, I think, because of the pandemic, but that, I used to go there, um, Fob Kitchen, I really loved, mm, okay, um, taking notes, in, in Oakland, I think she's still around, um, I hope she's still around, yeah, but Fob Kitchen is great, um, mm. some might argue, I mean, the thing is, like, if, if you're, like, Filipino, and you, you, you're used to, like, the big plates, like, like, point, point, like, the yeah. turo, turo, <laughs> Mm-hmm. When you see this plated, you know, like um, lechon, you're gonna be like, "What the heck is this?" You know, like, <laughs> why is this too? Why does this look too fancy? But it's like really good food, and that's her way of like celebrating it. That chef, um, 
but what's another one? I don't know. What do you guys think of like senior sysig? I think it's good. I don't think any of it's bad, but it's just not, I want to go and I want to taste food. That was just, like my grandmother's, totally. you know, yeah, and yeah. just keep it simple. Just, just yeah. like, just like Yana says, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about totally. Yeah. yeah. Watching the episode, but also tasting her food and, and really quickly. And then, and then Aaron can ask the next question. Um, Another thing that I love about sharing this Kumain style food is, is like, you know, as an outsider, as an American, you can look at, you know, third world countries and say, oh, they're so poor. They eat with their food and sort of see it as mean, an animalistic. No. You mean eat with uh, their hand or I'm sorry, eat with their hands. Oh, yeah. yeah. As sort I, of I like, thinking yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh, look at them eating with their hands. They don't have forks, but it, it's it's such a beautiful tradition. And it, and the colonizers, as she said, brought the spoons mm-hmm. and forks. They were yeah. perfectly fine without it. 100%. So I just love that you you show that that it's a beautiful thing. It's a thing, again, to be celebrated, not to be totally. looked down upon and, and sort of the community aspect that that that's involved in that. 100%. And, and I don't know for anyone who's, who hasn't tried eating with their hands, try it. It's actually more satisfying. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can have the same dish with the spoon and fork, but when I eat it with my hands, there's something so satisfying and rewarding about it. It tastes better. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I was just going to say, because we haven't gotten to the GoFundMe yet. Can you tell our audience about the GoFundMe, how long sure. it's going to last and um, what you're trying to raise funds for? Sure. Thanks. So the GoFundMe, um, we started, we started loosely, uh, I want to say a month ago. And um, the reason why we started loosely, and we didn't have a full like, like, let's go campaign is because there's so much going on in the world that yeah. need more money than us. So it, we've sort of been just like sheepish about it, you know, but like, we're going to, we're going to end it um, end of September. And by that time we will have shot the the next two episodes so so the funds oh. are really going to help us in pre-pro we're really going to do because we we with pandemic shorts we saw that we can really go bare bones and still tell beautiful stories so we decided we're just going to do especially with um the variant we're just going to have our subjects um parisa and um irene and uh our cinematographer and then one of us directing we're going to keep it really bare bones so and it keeps the cost down um, but really, so, so the funding is mostly for, for post-production to, to pay for our, our editor and to pay for our colorist and to pay for those, um, those costs, um, and, and, and pay our BIPOC crew, like, like post crew, you know, because we want to, we want to pay people. What's that um, word? Pay. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like I said, it's been hard because we, there's shit going on, you know, and, and then people we're still struggling to, to stay afloat with this pandemic. So it's hard to ask for money. It really is. But if anything, like, I, I don't know that we'll meet, uh, and I don't mean to be cynical. I don't know that we'll meet our goal, but if it helps um, keep visibility for this project, then I feel like we've sort of accomplished that. And then if it raises awareness for these wonderful women, then, you know, mission accomplished. So. Right. Yeah. Well, Lisa, Lisa, I would say just to give, I just want to be a cheerleader for you. You're propping up stories that people haven't heard yet. And those are good things. And I think we need to hear good things in the world too. I mean, I was already texting my friend today. I'm like, everything is horrible in the world, but I'm like, but talking about this makes me feel good and I want to see it. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I know. Exactly. (laughs) And and we've been there. So yeah. Yeah. And and there are still, and people really 
are struggling to want to belong to something and find yes. community and find, as Aaron said, something that inspires them. And this is it. This totally. is exactly it. And, and, and I also wanted you to get into before we wrap the perks, because I'm trying to figure out how much money I can drop because the perks are incredible. So can you just name <laughs> some of them to get, get the people excited? Because yeah. it's so cool what you guys are doing. Sure. I mean, the easy one is we have tote bags that say roots and wings. That's a cute swag. Um, we also have, um, some swag from Parisa, who's the Iranian American, um, culinary goddess. And she has this really <laughs> cool spice blend. It's called Persican. I'm, I think I'm butchering it. Persican, it's Persian Mexican spice blend that oh. she just sort of created on her own. And she also has, um, this really cool shirt that says, um, make Tadig, not war, which I freaking love. Oh. And so, yeah, it's, it's just stuff that, um, kind of elevates our, our culinary goddesses. Um, there's also a swag bag that we're putting together for like the really high, high donations. Well, delivering food. You have meals. Yes. Delivering food. Yes. That one, yeah. I was excited. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. For local, local. I, so my, my twin sisters in Maine, Michelle, um, our other co-producer director is in, in the Bay area and I'm in San Diego. So it would be, you know, in, in those, those areas. And we would, we would either or, and, or we would cook a meal, bake a meal, or collaborate with with the culinary goddesses that we're featuring. Yeah, it's a really exciting project, and yeah. uh, we we want everybody you know support your independent filmmakers. Whatever you can give is a huge help. And thank you so much for coming on again. We're talking with Lisa Yadao of Paper Tongue Productions, and hopefully the episodic that's coming out on a streaming device near you, Roots and Wings. Thank you so much for having me. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions.